0: It all began as a summer vacation. A young family found a beautiful old house. It had secluded, spacious grounds, a large swimming pool, magnificent furnishings. So you are the people who want to rent this house. What do you mean it's $900 and then it's all ours. Well, there is one other thing. It's hardly a catch. They thought it was the answer to their dreams, but it was the beginning of a nightmare. This old house, up this staircase, behind this locked door, something lives. Something strange. Something powerful. Something evil.
1: Stay away from the door! It will possess this woman. It will destroy this man. It will terrify this child. And no one can stop it. Burnt offering. and welcome to the latest episode of Real Early. I'm your host, Larry Sternshine. On today's episode, I'm joined by author Scott Drebbit to discuss his very first published book, A Cut Below, a celebration of B-horror movies 1950s to 1980s, which is available now for purchase. You may also know him from his writings at The Daily Dead. Scott and I also discussed seeing his first horror movie in theaters, growing up as a kid in Jamaica and the Bahamas, and why VHS movies were so important and so much more a great episode as always and without further wait here's my discussion with scott Drebbit. all right scott thanks for coming on my show i appreciate it my pleasure thanks for having me larry okay so uh i reached out to you because i follow you on blue sky and you have a Mm -hmm. had a book coming out at the time and now it is finally out um which is pretty exciting yeah, I have to say, which is uh cut above is the name of it. And why what made you decide to write a book? I guess that's the first question. A cut below. Holy shit. I totally <laughs> said the name wrong. You know what's great? That's okay. I can edit all this stuff together. You know, listen, do you know how
0: many times <laughs> I would write out uh, a cut above when I was talking about it with people? And uh I believe it was my agent who told me, she says, you know, you should really uh, work on getting the title uh, right. And I couldn't agree more. Oh, uh, yeah, A Cut Below, a celebration of B, horror movies, 1950s to 1980s is the complete uh, uh, mouthful. But ACB, as, uh, as I like to call it, more or less came into fruition from the time that I started at uh uh daily dead back in 2015 i had uh the inkling that that's what i wanted to do i wanted to go into daily dead and uh write articles on on retro movies which they didn't uh have not only at that site but i wasn't seeing that at a lot of sites uh at the time that didn't have a regular column so uh jonathan james and uh, Heather Wixon and uh, and I got together uh, at Daily Dead, and and we put out the uh, uh, Driving Offs column, uh, which has over I think three hundred and thirty uh, uh, pieces, and that was the impetus. Those movies all came out. I decided uh, between the mid fifties and the mid eighties, basically, essentially more or less the the highlight. A uh, reel of the drive-in era, in terms of its popularity, um, etc. Of course, they've they've had their comebacks since uh, COVID, etc. But nothing like what they were um, in their peak. So uh, I knew that I wanted to eventually make a book out of this kind of of uh, material. It just took, you know. Uh, X amount of years and the right kind of things uh, falling into place. But I've been in love with these kind of books
1: since I was a kid. The thing that I like about the book, because I got a chance to <clears throat> to read a bunch of it, was uh, how you split it up in each chapter. It's sort of like you have all these little mini film festivals and there would be like five movies that uh, had a kind of a similar theme. Uh, what was the uh inspiration behind doing something like that because I think that's a great idea
0: yeah well <clears throat> I wanted to I wanted to have some kind of uh theme that uh, uh, readers could play with they could make their own uh, festivals but it's also just kind of to spotlight uh, how different tropes go through and 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 apply in different decades so that's why i would group together for instance uh you know chapter one is the animal killed him, and uh there we have willard followed by its sequel ben we have grizzly we have piranha excuse me you know so we have uh you know chapter one is your nature run amok kind of movies Um, but it shows you how uh, they change even within the same decade how those tropes uh, can play Um, yeah so you know it was just the inspiration was just the the movies uh, that I was you know inundated with from the time I was a little kid
1: all these movies you had seen before and I wonder was or any of these kind of newer finds that uh, they hadn't seen when you were younger that, and yeah, you know, know,
0: when I started, (laughs) excuse me, when I started doing the column, uh, Larry, I had uh, a list of about 200, right. That I wanted movies that I wanted to do movies that uh, I felt were underappreciated. Uh, as it were, or maybe for a new generation of people getting into horror, these could be like some good, some good flicks to check out, and they could lead you to this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like, uh, so when I started, I had like this list of about two hundred, uh, and then when we decided more of the the parameters, the specific parameters, uh, you know, I wasn't going to go for any big uh, franchises going to stay away from those. So right on my list, I'm crossing out stuff, right? Uh <laughs> For sure. You know, so, but I basically, I had probably, I would say the first hundred or so were, yeah, ones that I was like pretty intimate with. Uh And then after that, it would be ones I'd seen maybe once or twice and would just need to refresh myself. And then there were some that, uh, you know, we're we're completely new uh, to me. Some of the ones uh, from the '50s, "Fiend Without a Face," some of those I finally got around to seeing uh, in its entirety. "Plan 9 from Outer Space," um, you know, which is considered everyone's worst movie of all time, and and I think I make an argument. My argument here is that come on, like. It's it's nowhere near the worst, and it's actually pretty entertaining and and there's an endearment. Uh I think there's an endearment to it now, especially post uh Ed Wood and and kind of the the movie and kind of the reappraisal, slight as it was, uh that he got. You know, so there was there was great surprises for me too, uh putting this uh together. Uh, Santa Sangre. Um mind-blowing had never seen it before you know some of these categories were a chance like the last couple uh you know potluck of pollock of terror and uh or pollock of horror i think uh i could be wrong <laughs> sorry uh and um anyway yeah i absolutely
1: um do you do the other question I have, uh, especially, it's it's more of like a, a writing thing. Uh, who, like, when you're writing these, like, reviews and these these love letters to these movies, what audience do you have in mind when you're writing these? Because you know, there's going to be people that are intimately familiar with these movies. There'll be people who aren't. You know, how? Where do you find that balance between, you know, uh, not being something that people already know about and then bringing something new to that somebody who's seen the movie isn't like, Oh, I already know about that. Like, how do you, how do you uh, like, what is your process for writing something like that?
0: Excuse me. Um, Wow. What a great question. Um, Like you said, you can't please everyone. Right. So uh, a lot of time I would try to have, I would try to pepper it with, uh, certainly information, uh, not an overload of 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 technical, um, you know, uh, information, uh, but some facts that tell a little bit more about the story that will maybe you know make you want to uh, look into the story more. So you know the the you it's a mix of trying to be informative and and for the people who are intimate, with the movie or have seen it a bunch of times uh the focus would be on the entertaining right the end the information maybe so much isn't going to get them uh but if i have a take on on something that they're that they're familiar with then maybe that's that's the catch that i'm going for with uh um you know with the more seasoned uh, uh viewer
1: there was a movie that you talk about uh, the pit, which is one that I feel like a lot of people may not remember or haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've seen that one. And, and even I was like, I didn't like, I like the way that you sort of phrased, like seeing the movie and knowing some of the backstory of like the, the original screenplay and whatnot. I thought that yeah. was really good, you know, um, so that really could recontextualize Like some of the, some of that movie in my head, before because the movie is crazy and you're like <laughs> I find out that like now I want to know the the difference between, like what the original screenplay looked like and all those kind of changes came to be and then I, I, I think that is what's cool about uh some of the stuff around in the book is it just made me want to learn more about that particular movie so I think that is a, a good uh thing for people who want to you know read this book it might get you oh, right like, might get you to think more about like a movie that you might like. That you haven't really actually delved into, so that's good. Yeah, no,
0: I love that. I love that, Larry. That uh, you know that uh, it, it does that for you because that's that's a big, that's a massive part of the appeal of uh, of doing it. Right? Is is uh, just sparking conversations? I love nothing more, uh, like over at the Corpse Club. You know, like when we're done recording. An episode you know like we're on we're on the cans for you know sometimes another two hours just just chatting right because we love this stuff right and we just it's uh it's an excuse to it's an excuse to to talk with to talk with friends and and that's how I've kind of always approached uh writing these articles is in a very conversational style and very much uh wanted to present my voice. Uh, You know, it's not, it's not, this isn't, you know, object journalism uh, whatsoever. Uh, And that's perfectly fine. And I make it very clear that these are, you know, these are, well, they're all opinions. Everything's opinion anyway. Right. So outside of the facts. So there you go. But uh, no, I'm great that, uh, I love it that it's connecting with you uh, like that because that was a big, a big game with it so that's cool
1: yeah and now it's uh it's available uh because like you can get it uh, anywhere i'm assuming at bookstores yes. and amazon and all those good places yes yes
0: <laughs> and through mcfarland uh directly as well i think it was on the 19th yes last friday which was my late dad's birthday and also my mother-in-law's uh birthday so it was a good news day yeah uh, when they said yes it's officially we're filling orders right now like <laughs> it's uh it's out there the amazon is showing uh february second uh don't worry about that it is <laughs> mcfarland has the book minor on the way apparently i'm excited to finally see <laughs> this thing so yeah it it is available now absolutely
1: yeah that's uh it's very it's very exciting I don't I don't know if I could read a write a book, but if I did, it would be movie related for sure. <laughs> uh so I do have a question. Um uh, because yeah. I was reading the the acknowledgements mm-hmm. and you talk about your mom, Karen, and she mm-hmm. you wrote uh she got you started down the path of debauchery. So I kind of wonder, uh, was your mom a big movie fan? Oh, also? she still is. Uh Her birthday is uh, this Friday, actually. Oh, happy Uh, birthday. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Go, Karen, 82. Wow, Uh, excellent. So the way it starts uh, with me, and I've heard similar stories substitute the movie. Ages are pretty much uh, the same. But I was uh, six years old in 1976. And my mom uh, took me to see a movie called "Burnt Offerings," okay, with uh, Mister Oliver Reed and uh, Miss Karen Black and Burgess Meredith.
1: And uh, I just saw that for the first time this past October in Chicago at the Music Box, so I got to see it on the big screen. Oh wow! So what did you, you think? Know, that movie is crazy. There's like that whole sequence in the pool where he's trying to drown his son goes on Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah, Uh, but the best part of the whole movie, I think, is the uh, the Burgess Meredith stuff at the beginning. Like they're only in it briefly, but it's just so wacky. I love that. So I was like, I didn't know what to expect going in, and it exceeded my expectations as far as being a crazy movie. So I can't imagine a six year old Mm. seeing that film. Uh, here's the thing the chauffeur scared
0: the piss out of me yeah. uh the ever living piss out of me and, and and i remember people uh laughing around me as i'm cowering the grown-ups were laughing i understand now <laughs> as an adult he's not particularly threatening but it's all about perspective isn't it in context to a 6 year old with this guy uh this tall pale specter with sunglasses with this smile painted across his face, looking down at you. Uh, It was absolutely horrifying. And I'm looking around going, why are these people laughing? I like, I don't understand. (laughs) Are they crazy? This guy's terrifying. Uh, So that was from there on, you know, that was it for me. Uh, Any chance that I had to, to, either stay up late uh, and watch a horror movie, maybe on the weekend as a little kid. Um, To the time, basically, that we moved, my family moved down to Jamaica when I was 10 years old in 1980. Uh, My dad was a, our dad was a bank manager uh, and, and he put in for an international transfer. And back in the day, uh, they used to send bank managers abroad to uh, uh, bring new technology into, into these countries um, for their banks, etc. So we moved to Jamaica, and as it turned out, right at the start of the video, uh, boom, we bought a VCR on our way down there that was about the size of a Honda uh the good old top loader panasonic top loader and the video store local video store just opened and would just buy everything because there was just a steady stream of these companies putting out videotapes so from the time i was 10 you know we were watching usually four or five movies every weekend because there was one tv channel in jamaica called the jbc and it came on at four in the afternoon. Uh, and there wasn't, unless you were driving over to someone's place, there really wasn't anyone to to play with or or hang out with. So a lot of movies, watched a lot, a lot of movies, like everything coming out through uh, media entertainment, Charles Band's family's uh, company uh, at, in the 70s going into the 80s. They were the first to put out Halloween uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, you know, some, some soft porn, softcore uh, type comedy shows, yeah. etc. cetera. But you just watched everything that came down the pipeline because it was all new. Because before then, unless a movie showed up at two in the morning on the late show, you weren't, you were never seeing it past the theater until this amazing device came out that lets you watch it anytime you want over, over and over again. You know, was it VHS or was it beta? No, what we were, it? we were VHS. Okay. Yeah. I knew, uh, I knew others. Uh, there were others who were, the Americans were, uh, uh, were beta. We knew uh, we were friends with uh, some Americans in, in Jamaica, and they would have boxes of videotape sent over from the States uh, taped off of tv and taped off of hbo and so we would get to watch these if it wasn't at the video store these boxes of videotapes sent over from the states to jamaica would have that was first time i saw was from those boxes first time i saw the brood humanoids from the deep uh just so many uh, great movies because hbo was was out and hbo was showing this stuff non-stop right when when video came along horror like just the floodgates opened
1: and your your parents were a uh, big horror fans i'm assuming since yeah you're my, watching all this stuff yeah they they were uh yeah they were really liberal
0: with uh the watching stuff as with most parents though uh seeing someone's head cut off uh fine uh you know seeing someone uh getting head uh bad
1: yeah
0: right that's the generation uh and and the and the western mentality right um yeah yeah, so they were you know they were really quite liberal uh in terms of of viewing material you know um i went and saw piranha by myself in the theater when I was uh, eight, um, you know, I saw uh, the Deer Hunter with them when I was eight. Uh, oh, that's that's a great kids movie. It's you know, bring the whole family. <laughs> yeah, Disney Plus presents the Deer Hunter. Right? It's uh,
1: it's the Bambi yeah. sequel. It's the prequel to Bambi, actually.
0: It's it's <laughs> uh, yeah, there was an experience as an eight year old, but yeah, they were. They were very liberal, so yeah. Uh, sex was the only thing that made them uh, uncomfortable. It was really, but anything
1: else went. You know, to be fair, if you're watching a sex scene with your parents, it's pretty uncomfortable. I'm assuming for anybody. Uh a hundred percent. Yeah, we, I wasn't <laughs> looking
0: for. I wasn't <laughs> looking for sexy movies to watch with my parents.
1: I was not. No. So in in Jamaica, then they were able to have video stores. I, I mean, since like a normal country but uh they yeah. had movie theaters too down there in Jamaica they did they had a
0: movie theater um I think it was called the Coliseum I can't believe I can't thank you I'm gonna have to look that up and and <laughs> then staple it to my forehead because that's a wonderful question I saw so many great movies at that movie theater too the thing was is that they were essentially a couple years behind in terms of what they what we would get seen when we moved down there in 1980 uh star wars was playing (laughs) okay okay Uh, the benefit of this was the stuff that would play in their circuit was um a lot of run run shaw movies um and a lot of italian horror uh like pretty much all the argentos up to uh inferno late i saw inferno at at the theater in in jamaica uh i saw alien it was a couple years late but i saw alien on the big screen um you know uh uh there just saw and again not maximum sound not maximum uh uh video quality either but it didn't really matter because you don't care when you're a kid you're still getting to see this stuff you
1: know so I'm gonna be honest when you started you're like oh I was seeing Shaw Brothers movies and all these Italian horror films I got a little jealous because you know I wasn't I wasn't really watching a a lot of that stuff until a little bit later maybe I was like 10 or 12 yeah. like i think i still haven't seen a lot of those movies on the big screen and here you are at like 10 years old you've just seen like every argento on the big screen like <laughs> well i saw a couple uh one, cool. one for sure
0: saw inferno for sure and uh what else played um oh deep red yeah i saw saw oh. deep red uh, yeah deep red well. a great movie yeah um but yeah, it was a cool. It was a cool theater. Uh, we always hung out in the balcony. There was another theater in town that just showed kung fu movies. I uh, would
1: have. I would love to go back in time and just live there because i love martial arts
0: movies. Oh uh, yeah, there was a, there was a theater that was just dedicated to martial arts movies because the Jamaican people loved kung fu movies so much. And the reg- because and it was like spillover because the regular theater in between seeing Argento would be uh, you know, some great kick ass again, you know, some great kick-ass run run shaw uh uh film. I mean, they're all they're all great, especially when you're like 12 years old and you come out of there and you and your buddy are, you know, making all the drape sounds when you're jumping in the air and, and everything like that.
1: It's great stuff. So growing up there then it it sounds like you were uh able to, to you know make friends and and have a you know pretty normal it wasn't like uh hard to grow up uh, in that particular oh. circumstance Uh I'll tell
0: you what the when, the first 3 months were kind of hard Uh I was you know I was coming from small town uh Saskatchewan Canada uh to this country that I knew nothing about other than a page in an encyclopedia uh that I read about at home before we left, right
1: um yeah this no internet obviously all you got is the encyclopedia. oh gosh no
0: this is yeah again this <laughs> yeah. is 1980 right yeah. so it's uh so it's much, uh, much harder to to
1: learn about stuff.
0: Well, yeah. And then so but it was just so it was a very big I missed all my friends. It was a big culture shock. I missed all my friends, etc. So it took me a few months to settle down. And then once I settled down, then, you know, it it was, uh, it was great. But uh, yeah, that was definitely kind of from the time I was six. And then uh, that video explosion just kind of accelerated
1: uh everyone's viewing you know so what was the video stores in jamaica like because i i like talking about the video stores that people have been in america and whatnot but yeah but how was that set up do you remember well
0: i you know what i wish i could remember the name of it but i remember what it looked like it was kind of like a long uh bodega shop you know and long and narrow uh like the kind of store that would be in like uh an outdoor mall and there's like 10 of them lined up in a row selling t-shirts mm-hmm. and that but it would be so it'd go back probably you know 20 feet and probably about 10 feet wide and you'd come in and the uh, the counter the cashier counter was on the left and then the rest was just walls lined with videotapes that grew every week uh, that we were there because new stuff was coming out like they couldn't keep up with the demand of 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 making movies uh affordable for people to well to rent like the rental market was you know crazy
1: yeah and you could just go in and rent whatever you wanted there was no like this kid is too young to be well it wasn't
0: well anymore. I mean no I mean uh
1: <laughs> you know I certainly wasn't
0: I was there we were in Jamaica from from the time i was 10 to 13 so no i wasn't driving <laughs> so i was always with my dad right, uh, anyway yeah at the video store i know they wouldn't care what what was rented right there right. maybe there was even an adult an adult quote unquote snuck one in there uh as well who's to say i'm not gonna tell you know um exactly right so but uh Yeah, so it it wasn't a case like a blockbuster or something where uh, I was getting ID'd or anything like that. Uh, Even if I was uh, older and was driving, I still don't think they would have stopped me from, uh, the people at the store, that is, would have stopped me from getting, renting anything, probably not. I don't think that
1: was their concern. So you were there till you were 13 and then did you move back to Canada after that? No, then we moved to,
0: uh, the Bahamas. Okay. To Freeport Bahamas. And then that's where I graduated high school in 87.
1: So what was uh, the Bahamas like in the, in the eighties?
0: Bahamas in the eighties was really nice. Uh, Kind of like a like a mini uh, Miami, very laid back. Uh, a lot of lot of tourists from the uh, ships, from the cruise ships, um, etc. It was really nice. Um, I had a great time in uh, in both countries. I would say, culturally wise, uh, certainly had an easier time of accessing things in the Bahamas. We were again. 60 miles from, from, uh, from Miami, something like that. Uh, we got cable TV. All of a sudden I had more channels than I'd ever had, you know, in my whole life up to that point. So it was probably like 10 or something like 12 or something like that. We had a uh, Winn-Dixie, uh, compared to the grocery store we had in the store in Jamaica, which was just like night and day. Um and then like yeah so the TV we had radio hooked up to cable too so I was getting radio stations from Miami so I was getting uh you know 13 years old I won't want to, I was big into and still am rock and roll so I wanted to hear the newest the latest the greatest rock and roll while well, Miami you know would keep me uh in touch with that which in Jamaica I had to run out of school get in my dad's car. Not to miss the three o'clock rock block, where they would play rock music for thirty minutes on the Jamaican radio station from three till three thirty. When so you, were... you know, it was it was much more culturally uh, uh, up to date.
1: When you were in, in high school, uh, was music more important to you, or were you always really into to movies? Like, what did you? Because, like, uh, there, there are times in high school where, like, I, I liked movies, but I was doing other stuff. But, like, what, what was your high school experience like? In, wow, that is like? that is a great question because, you know,
0: I have, that's, uh, that's something, again, that I flip-flopped on uh, through the years, through the decades. I think uh, they've always kind of gone hand-in-hand hand for me, I think, probably in the... 90s i would say i maybe was uh focusing more on music than movies i mean as far as horror goes the 90s is not my favorite uh decade anyway so uh that wasn't something i was particularly invested in and i remember being in my 20s being as a you know uh want to be musician too you know we were gonna be rock stars in our early 20s etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, that doesn't pan out and, and life, uh, and life moves on. But, uh, so yeah, I kind of went music in my twenties and then, uh, probably in my thirties came back towards movies. And now I'm, and now I have a nice balance, I think of being interested in, in, uh, in, in movies, old and, uh, new my God there's so many uh good new ones and uh and and music I still I still have to make time for music because we play music in our house like 24/ 7 so
1: Yeah there's also uh especially in horror there's a lot of correlation between music, especially rock music and horror um is there a particular time period where that mix worked the best?
0: Oh, boy. Well, I guess it depends on what you want it to do. I think Argento in the 80s did a great job of using metal, uh, I think. I mean, he he used it, obviously, uh, for commercial reasons, firstly, because, I mean, metal was really popular. So he's using, you know, music from, uh, you know, Iron Maiden, Um you know people like that, Motorhead, uh, Saxon, um, but it also serves to accentuate uh, the violence. And and Argento is so usually so poetic with his violence. Like that just you know the movie, the movie I keep playing in my head is like uh, Phenomena, which has a lot of uh, metal music in it. And his very next movie was Opera uh you know and and the music is used for different effect uh there you know so i think um whenever rock is popular that's when you'll see it used uh in horror i mean my god look at any dimension film uh from (laughs) from the 90s right they were all loaded with creed and three days grace and and uh all this kind of uh, stuff that, for me, has an age particularly uh, uh, well, but they're certainly, you know, of their uh, of their time. Uh, I can remember seeing the first time I heard um, "Don't Fear the Reaper" was when I was eight years old, and my brother Jeff and I um, essentially talked our way into seeing Halloween in the in the theater when I he was fourteen and i was 8 so and,
1: <laughs> sorry no you so um i was just thinking your 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 brother and you watched a lot of movies together like you would was that something that you guys had in common
0: oh yeah i have two i have two older brothers and uh and uh you know we watched a lot of uh again they were older brothers so depending on the movies sometimes i would have to go with them sometimes i wouldn't but um yeah the first time i heard don't fear the reaper was in that viewing of uh of halloween and i think that was the first time where i heard a song that seemed to really like reflect uh the action on the screen um and, and so Again, there's so many. I mean, then there's some movies that use overtly. Uh, again, going back to the late '80s, right when uh, right at the zenith of uh, of hair metal, etc. There was, you know, Trick or Treat uh, came out that had the uh, small role for Gene Simmons and cameo from Ozzy about the the heavy Sammy Kerr, the heavy metal uh, guy who comes back. Uh, from the dead and he's he's a demon now and, and he's you know all that good stuff so you had that those kind of movies were well popular enough that they made uh, quite a few similar ones about bands heavy metal hard rock bands that were uh, these you know uh, agents of uh, agents of doom yeah the, the, thing, the so. 80s
1: was they were really into that whole satanic panic thing and you know, so obviously horror loves to emulate or kind of look at, you know, the the, hypocr- the hypocrisy of, of oh yeah people and stuff. So you know, it's not surprising that that they would release those kind of movies. Yeah, uh, and then the
0: like the bands of that the bands of that time, uh, just really latched on to that whole thing and wrote it all the way to you know uh, to you know money receipts right for yep. look at Molly Crew right they. Uh, no, no, it's shout. We're shouting at the devil. We're not shouting with him. We're shouting <laughs> at. Okay.
1: All so, right. all right. So so this reminds me straight. then. Just a really. <laughs> this is a dumb question that I just thought of. <laughs> which song? Which theme song do you prefer? Do you prefer Dream Warriors or do you prefer He's Back from uh Friday Part Six from Alice Cooper?
0: interesting interesting uh because i go back
1: and forth on this one all the
0: time (laughs) well that is a good one because i like them both um it was the only reason i bought the constrictor album the else cooper constrictor album uh i think there's one other good song on it uh but man dream warriors man
1: that's some killers that's some killer i'm gonna go dream warriors yeah, I, I think musically is a better song, but sometimes I just want to hear ki 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 ma ma ma. Sure, absolutely. The rock music, you know? So it's, <laughs> but I think those are like the two best or most like uh, the ones that I think of the most for the 80s horror movies. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure there's a,
0: there's a ton more. I mean, the Lord. The budget goes the more uh, you can hear, like rock and roll nightmare with uh Canadian metal legend Thor John McHale Thor. Is uh, <laughs> that's some good stuff, right? That's some good gravy right there. Uh, for anyone who's never seen that, the songs are the songs are better than uh the movie, um, but that's not saying a lot.
1: I think uh, Joe Bob showed that on one of his uh, did he? drive Yeah, that chance.
0: I can see that for sure. But it's entertaining. It's absolutely entertaining. He fights a devil at the end, and it's, like, hand to hand combat. He fights a devil. It's it's a, uh, it's entertaining.
1: So, what was the when you were growing up? What was the first movie you found love with when you were like, um, be, that you discovered on your own that like nobody took you to. You, like you found it, and you're like, I got to see it based on that cover, and you were like, This is my favorite thing ever. Okay. All right.
0: Wow, that is what did I discover on my own. That's a good great question because when you're a kid, so many of these excursions are with friends or with family. Uh so finding that one that just resonates with you alone. Yeah, that's wild. Um You know what? Probably actually going to jamaica and seeing uh deep red on on the screen on the screen there because that was the first uh giallo that i had seen uh i just i just called it an italian horror movie right i didn't know there was a special name for it even if there was a designation for it Uh, back then but that was one that I had seen that uh, no one else that I had talked to had gone to see it other than me I can't remember who I saw with maybe I I may have even been dropped off there were some occasions in Jamaica where my dad was happy to just drop me off the theater and and come back in two hours and and pick me up no problem right so I may have seen it alone but that I feel was one where uh, that was like a me that was like a me kind of discovery
1: yeah I was lucky enough to have cable growing up so my parents had HBO and I can't remember why but I really wanted to see A Nightmare on Elm Street mm. and so that, that must have been what was it 84 probably was on HBO in 85 so I was like 7 years old and I remember we had a, a couch bed in in our den where we where I watched a lot of movies. So I was like, me and my sister, we we uh, folded it out. We we watched this movie in in bed, and, and it scared the crap out of me. And I was, I think, at that point, I was like, I like this, you know, because huh. like I I had an older sister, and she wanted to go see or was going to go see Jaws three. And I wanted to go see Jaws 3, even though I hadn't seen the original yet. Yeah. And my parents were like, no, you can't go. I'm like, oh. Well, then eventually, uh, they let me to watch the, the scary movies at home, and then it's just sort of... I don't know, I just kind of fell in love with horror at that point. But there's, there's something about, like, seeing something and being like, I have to see that, and, like, that... Feeling brave enough to go see it and stuff. It's It's a pretty cool feeling that uh i'll never
0: forget yeah it's a liberation right i think for me anyway it was as a kid having the freedom or or being granted (laughs) being granted the freedom to uh to watch these things with which you know depending on who you're asking are you know either incredibly subversive or are completely harmless and, you know, they're pretend. Uh, and maybe there's something to be said for for both sides. I can remember being a teenager and we were sneaking around a copy of Faces of Death.
1: Sneaking around a copy of Faces of Death. I was so scared to see that movie. I still haven't to this day, even though I know like, <laughs> is it, like 90% is fake. Oh,
0: yeah. It's... I, <laughs> Yeah, but for you know some what, reason
1: they're remaking
0: it. I don't even know how that's going to work. But I don't either. So it's a, you know what? It's not a bad idea, Larry. I would go ahead and, and watch it. I promise you, you won't be traumatized. <laughs> uh, you'll survive. You'll live. Uh, but it's but there was this actual like you know uh, kind of vibe around stuff like that because we had no we had no way as he said, this is the 80s. We had no way to go and look up whether something was true or not, right? If it if it seemed reasonably true, you know, we we believed it. And at the time, listen, and no one's having any of this HD shit either. Uh, you're watching the pixelated vh 8 a, a dub of a dub, right? So guess yeah. what? It all looks grainy the yeah. same. It all, whether the fake stuff mixed in with the real stuff, right?
1: Yeah, not, that think...
0: not that the real stuff is is, you know, anything uh to to celebrate it all. There's some there's a couple moments in there, but there's also a couple moments that you were told were real and they're actually not. But the one I know for real is a, a guy who uh uh sets himself on fire at a protest that is real uh yeah. A couple a couple things but like the rest of it is all 100% bullshit but it was the perception right that uh this was some taboo band in 32 country kind of operation and the and because of the times you know that all that stuff they used to their advantage you could put on
1: your poster band in 32 countries who's checking <laughs> I, I have I I remember that cover and I was like that must have been banned in third that makes sense. <laughs> you know. Canada, I'm sure, was one of them. Uh I remember growing up, uh my neighbor had went to camp and he came back. He was like, My counselor told me about this movie. It sounds insane. It's called Evil Dead 2. So we're like, Oh, I gotta see this movie. So I rented the first Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, we should see the first one before we see the second one. I'll forget this I turn it on not 20 minutes he's like I gotta go home this is gonna be this is too scary so I never <laughs> I didn't see the first Evil Dead for for years and years and years but I was like I gotta see the Evil Dead 2 is then so I watched it and it was like the funniest movie it was so great yeah and that was like the other like that was like another moment I'm like I love movies so I just stay with movies forever and I feel like a lot of people have that experience with that one
0: Oh, that's a that's a lifer for sure. It seems uh, that's one of those movies. It doesn't matter where you're coming in from, it, whether you saw it when it you know when it first came out, or whether you're seeing it now, you know, for the first time. It still plays the same. It still plays great. It's still funny. It's still Bruce Campbell is still legendary in that performance. You know, it's incredible. it's, a, it's just a great movie.
1: Now you have a, a couple of kids uh right Yeah uh do they like movies They
0: love movies they're not uh they're not horror kids I tried uh Larry I tried to raise horror kids it uh it didn't take
1: What uh so what what was it about horror they didn't like and what kind of movies do they like instead well, I mean, it scared the piss out of them, Larry. So they kind
0: of—that was kind of the number one uh, reason why. Uh, no, my my daughter just now kind of never. My my son, uh, my son, he likes horror movies, uh, but he'll watch also. He'll watch anything. Like he's not discerning what he watches. If it's good, it's good, and that's that. Uh, but he's fine with horror uh but my daughter just has she'll just she has no interest in it like just just has no interest
1: and that's you know that's fine. That's sad and depressing <laughs> i mean that's fine yeah yeah uh well you know you haven't disowned her yet so i mean that that that's a good thing yeah you we'll know see. but that how did you uh how did you share movies was it very similar because like you know I don't know what their ages are, but they might—they grew up a little bit differently than you did, you know. So how did you breach the movie thing with them, with the kids? Yeah.
0: Uh, you mean like how did I say, please watch horror, and they? <laughs> no, no,
1: I'm or... just, I'm always fascinated about how it was so much easier for us to get into movies growing up than it is now, and I'm hmm. always kind of curious to see how the younger generation becomes movie geeks. <laughs> uh
0: well i mean the access has certainly gotten uh a lot broader right and uh the world's gotten a lot smaller i mean my god you know if i wanted to see when i was a kid if i wanted to see a cartoon i had to get up on a saturday morning and i would get to see five hours of them and then you would never see one again until the following saturday uh, you know, things are different. Everything's broadcasting twenty four uh, hours a day, and if you have kids, you tend to give them access to whatever's going on in the uh, in the zeitgeist. So the latest this and that and the other uh just gives just gave them instant access. I think when they were coming, when they were coming up and watching movies, uh we were basically, kind of switching from videotapes saying goodbye to videotapes and moving into uh dvds um so you know lots of they were they got to see lots of disney as it was released on on dvd etc whereas we were watching uh well i was watching wonderful world of disney sunday at six uh you know that's how i got mine the people after me would have the big old clamshell cases and they would get their Disney fix that way. And and on and on, it's just their access, my kids generation, their access just became so, you know, concentrated, uh, in a way, uh, and they could, and, and then, and then the internet blew up right at the same time. So now they've got, now you can find out about, uh, uh, movies and shows and all of a sudden this information starts coming out and then well then they're off and running
1: right do they um do they just enjoy movies just for movies or has anybody kind of followed in your footsteps and has thought about writing or gone into movies or anything like that
0: no 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 my son bless him like honestly bless him like he almost every movie he sees he'll be like that was like one of the best movies i've ever seen and he and he like genuinely means it he just he loves he loves the movies <laughs> right so good on him and and our our that. daughter our daughter she loves her uh she loves a lot of reality shows and uh when she does Fixate on a movie. She has about four that she like hyper fixates on since she was a kid, and that's like um, Cheetah Girls. That was one of them. Um, Love Actually is another one. That's two. Oh, Mama Mia. Okay. That's three. Uh, oh, and then years ago we had also got her a Sex in the City box set, and she was like. She went, she dined on that for I think a year straight, whereas Samantha this and, and, and Samantha sure. that. But horror movie, I I would beg her to watch a horror movie with me. She's like, No, it's not gonna happen. So
1: but that's what I have my wife for.
0: She she loves horror movies. So, so uh
1: did you guys meet uh without knowing that you both liked horror, or is that kind of how you how you oh
0: no, we had like, no no idea. Uh, no, no idea that, uh, you know, I'm sure at some point early in, <laughs> in our, in our dating, we, we figured out, uh, what movies, uh, we were like, I, I knew she liked, uh, like action movies and I was more horror, but she liked horror. So I would go see all the, uh, action-y type movies, Armageddon, whatnot, and she would come see the Halloweens and the, and the whatnot,
1: uh. With me, but I, I gotta say, obviously, I don't know your wife, but she she sounds pretty awesome. I'm, I'm oh, she's great. Lie. I mean, any, great. Anybody that likes action, especially you know, uh, women, I think that's pretty cool because you know they don't always like action movies. <laughs> she
0: loves action. She loves action. She also loves uh, Downton Abbey. She's she's complicated. I
1: yeah. I I do I do think it's cool when you find somebody that shares an in common interest, which is you, you know, don't always if get she,
0: that. If she didn't like horror movies it would be very, very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Uh, not for, I'm sure she'll be fine, but for oh yeah, me it would oh be yeah.
1: lonely. <laughs> uh, so one of the other questions I always ask uh, my guests is, you probably own a couple of movies. How do you arrange your physical media? <laughs> I, I
0: won't show you i won't show you my uh, uh my shelf if this was like cribs for uh for horror uh collectors this would never make the air it would never make air uh uh chaotically larry is how i uh organize them uh with no structure total chaos uh pull one out it gets going back somewhere else usually uh I'm not proud of it, but I'm not really ashamed of it either.
1: Because <laughs> what about you? I my movies are I call it the shuffle system. I just put them on the shelf, and that's just where they are. So there's no like alphabet alphabetized. There's a couple of shelves that are dedicated to a couple of directors, um, which are John Carpenter and John Woo. So I have those sure. uh, chronological order when they were released. Sure. And then I have some Hong Kong stuff together, chronological, some Jackie Chan stuff. But generally speaking, I love just throwing them out. Because, you know, when you're like, I want to watch a movie, you don't think the alphabet most of the time. You're just like, (laughs) I don't know what I want to watch. You just see, here's like eight completely different movies. And you can close your eyes and just pick it. That's how I do it.
0: Yeah, when I, years ago, when I was doing shelves for my DVD, my DVDs, I had that into, uh, I totally... Nerded out and had that into categories with the label maker and the whole nine yards. Oh, when I switched to Blu ray, uh, no, get on the shelf, boys. Let's go
1: <laughs> get up there. And that's probably a lot easier, especially if you don't have like uh, ADD or anything like that. Because you'll know, some boxes will look different from the other box in the same series, or like you're like, how do you put uh, you know, this like nightmare and elm street sure. uh five and then you've got new nightmare and it's like there's no still no seven you <laughs> know what i mean and so it's like so you know just throw them on the shelf and then you'll, you'll if you need to find it you can find it there if it's if you were meant to find it you were meant to find it that's all that's I, it. I i appreciate the chaos because not not everybody can handle the chaos
0: what am i going to do i i could take the time i could take the 6 hours or whatever and i don't even know what system i would use to be honest i really don't <laughs> i don't know if i would go alphabetical go by director go by uh uh chronologically like it's a nightmare it's a nightmare anyway you look at it so just yeah. get up on get up
1: there boys and girls but is is it a large collection or is it just like is it modest uh it's not bad
0: um it's 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 it certainly pales to some of the ones i've seen uh, on social media like you know there's people who have like the sliding ladders going on in their yeah. room i'm like come <laughs> on or it's like it's a whole room with like an island of videotapes in the middle and it's like a whole like videotape or you know blu-ray dvd Home media yeah. room and it's like like bigger than the criterion closet. I'm like, oh my god. No, I I can't compete with that. No, there,
1: sir. There are people I know that they like collecting the movies. They like seeing the the spine or whatever it is. I'm a fan of I want to own a movie that I like yes. or that I know I want to own, or you know, so I don't I'm not just I like uh boutique labels and stuff. I don't necessarily be like, oh, they're new Transformers on 4K. I'm gonna buy that. You know what I mean? Like I try to right. these are the ones I really want. But if somebody wants to to have like every movie ever made too, that it makes them happy, then I'm cool with that also. That's just that's just me personally. Yeah, there was I was very blessed
0: uh years ago at Daily Dead when I got to uh do reviews a uh, severin contacted me saying they they dug my writing would you, would you want to do reviews of our stuff i'm like what that's a thing like i can <laughs> i can do that um so i'm like yeah let's go so yeah, i have a lot of severin uh and i'd like to thank the people of good people of severin for providing me with these uh review copies they're uh, you know, a sizable, I would say a sizable portion of of my collection would be from from doing reviews at, at Daily Dead uh, or some anyway. I mean, still like a like a guy I, every Christmas I go for like the Boxing Day sales, etc., Uh and around Halloween time for whatever sales you can find on on goodies or or whatever new one has come out from the previous year or the last sure. six months yeah. you know I like to keep up with uh with the new ones with the new ones too
1: now to kind of go full circle yeah I also have a lot of movie books
0: oh boy yeah that's kind of that's again that was just more fuel uh uh for the fire I grew up with a book you know with books like like a cut below um you know, John McCarty, uh, who, who coined the term splatter movies, uh, he put out some great books. Um, you know, Deep Red, the, the Chaz Balloon uh, uh, books. Um, the Roger Ebert uh, books, you know, I just love to read reviews. Every Every magazine I've got, whether it's a movie magazine, over the decades, movie magazine or music magazine, Music magazine, I would pick up a cream magazine and I would go open right to the records section and I would read the record reviews first because I always loved hearing opinions about an album or about uh, a movie. Uh, You know, so same thing. I would Rolling Stone, I would go and I would read the reviews first. I would read the movie reviews. Um, And so the books, yeah, the Roger Ebert books. Leonard Malton, bless you, uh, with his big bricks. Uh, I can't get enough of any of those kind of books. So, you know, if you can't lick them, you might as well join them,
1: right? Yeah, and you've definitely joined them as your book up below is now available to put alongside all of these classic movie books. That's a pretty cool feeling. It's very,
0: I'm like super psyched and... uh I don't think it's really going to hit home completely, Larry, until uh, I get my copies in the mail and I can actually uh, hold it in my hand.
1: Well, hopefully, other people will get that same feeling when they order the book and it gets in their hand as well, and they start devouring it. I hope they do. (laughs) All right, so Scott, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on, and I highly recommend people check out your book and. where else can they find you online so they can learn more?
0: Oh, boy. I am uh, always uh, uh, always on uh, Blue Sky Social and uh, X, um, the place formerly known as Twitter. I'm there, too, for advertising purposes. Instagram, sure. I've just started on TikTok, uh, and I'm crying over there because I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm an old... Uh, help me, but yeah I'm. you can find me on all the socials uh, check me out and uh, grab that book I think if you're a horror fan you are going to dig it
1: well I agree, and again thanks so much for coming on Scott and good luck and all the best to you thank you so much for having me Larry you're welcome, and thanks everybody for listening to my show, have a good night